The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Today's daf is being studied in the name of Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu began Eden Amen. Today's daf is being studied Lehatzlacha Bechol Ma'asim. Our dear friend, Mr. Sully Mizrahi, and his wife, Shem Yishmerim Vichayim. Today's daf is being studied Lerfuash Shelema, Eliyahu Hayim ben Shafi'ah. אין לה רפאנה לו, אין לה רפאנה לו, אין לה רפאנה לו, רפאת הנפש ורפאת הגוף. ותום כדבר לבוא וכן ינסום ונאמר, אמן. We begin today's death on גימל עמוד ראשון, three lines from the top. תניא, we have a brighter. רבי נתן אומר, בקודש הסך נסך שחר להשם. This פסוק is written by the קורבן עולה תמיד. And it says, the קורבן will be brought בקודש, it says, You will pour a libation of Shekhar Lashem. Now it says a double language here. Implying that there is a double libation, a double pouring. The Pasuk is referring to two pourings. So you see over here, that is two pourings, one wine, one water. The Gemara says, who told you it's water? Maybe it's two pourings of wine. Let the Torah then write the same word twice. If it's talking about a double libation of wine. Why does the Torah use a different language? Hasech and then Nesech. Shemat mina to teach us had the maya the had the hamra must be one is water and one is wine. And you have to say as well that he also agrees. How do you know it's water? How do you know it's water at all? So you have to say that he agrees to the remez that we learned yesterday that the Torah does allude to on the second day and on the sixth day and on the seventh day. When it says Veniskehem, there's an extra mem, and on the sixth day when it says Unsecher, there's an extra yud, and on the seventh day when it says Kemishpatam, there's an extra mem. So he agrees to the illusion of mem yud mem, and he just learns from over here the pasuk when it says Asech Nesek, hey, you learn that there's two. And what is that second item? That is Mayim. So the Gemara says, Elahaditan, that which we learned in a Mishnah. Nisuch HaMayim Kol says that the mitzvah of Nisuch HaMayim was done all seven days. Mani, who is the author of this Mishnah? Now what the Gemara is going to do now is, it's going to go back to the opinions that we learned in yesterday's Braita, and it's going to systematically reject all the opinions and say nobody is of this opinion that says Nisuch HaMayim was all seven days. Let's go one rabbi at a time. If you tell me it's a Biyoshua, Nema Had Yoma. The Biyoshua of the Braita, as well as the Mishnah, said that the Nisuch, the Mitzvah of saying Mashiva Ruach with the Geshem, is on the last day of the holiday, which is Shimni Atzeret. We're assuming now that Mashiva Ruach with the Geshem and Nisuch Hamayim work together. And therefore, if he says you do Mashiva Ruach on the last day, 
that's when you start asking for rains, or mentioning rains, that's because you're doing the mitzvah of the Sukhamayim also, which is also a procedure for the uh, uh, rain uh, 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 production of rain, the, the, the wanting of the rains. So therefore, according to him, it's only one day, because Bashim is on the last day, so therefore, the Sukhamayim is on the last day. That cannot be the author of this Mishnah. This Mishnah says it's all seven. Let's go to the next opinion. Ida bi'akiva treyomeh. Rabbi Akiva said, when does the Sukhamayim begin? On the sixth day. So we assume that it started on the sixth day and it went six and seven. Then when the Sukhamayim was only a two-day procedure. It was a six-day procedure. Because he said it starts on the second day of Sukkot. So basically the Gemara is now struggling to find an author of this uh, Mishnah. Now, Rashi's going to tell us it's obvious it can be like the Bidi Aizid. Because the Bidi Aizid held that you do Meshivaru on the first day. Assuming that it works with, again, Yisukamayim, so therefore it starts on the first day, so you do it all seven days. The Gemara is trying to find if there's any other opinions of the Braita uh, uh, match with this Mishnah. So the Gemara says, The Olam, Rabbi Yehuda ben Betirai. I can tell you really it's Rabbi Yehuda ben Betirai. How can it be? He says you start the Sukhamayim on the second day. So two to seven is only six days. So he goes with Svira Lek, Rabbi Yudah the Matnitin, but he holds of Rabbi Yudah of another Mishnah, Ditnan, Rabbi Yudah Omer, Belo Gayam Minasek, Kol Shemona. We have another opinion of Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah says that the Sukhamayim was done all eight days. Now keep that in mind. That means we have an opinion now that even on Shemini Atzeret, the Sukhamayim was done. It was done all eight days. So what, what is the Yudah going to do? So all the Yudah bin Betanah will say is start the Sukhamayim on the second day and take it to the eighth. If you go two to eight, you're back to seven days. So that's what the Mishnah meant in Masikat Sukkah when it said uh, kol it didn't mean all the seven days of Sukkot. It meant it's a seven day ritual. Which means start on day two and go all the way to day eight. So therefore, all we're saying is Rabbi Yudah ben Betera, he agrees you started on day two. Well, we thought, go two to seven. Two to seven is only six days. Well, so how, how, how can he be the author of that Mishnah that said it was seven days? No, because he holds, in part, he holds like that Mishnah that says, that Rabbi Yudah, different Rabbi Yudah says, that the Nisukaman was done all eight days. So all we're taking from that Mishnah is that you see an opinion that it was done on the eighth day. So therefore, I'll say Rabbi Yudah ben Betera holds, started on day two, and went to day, Eight, two to eight to seven. So there, we found an author of that uh, Mishnah. So the Gemara hold it. Umayshen Adishon Delo. How come the Yudah Bintana says you don't do the Sukhamayim on the first day? Because the reason why I picked the second day is because when does that remez of Mayim begin in the Torah? That Mem Yud Mem remez, it begins on the second day. So that's why he started from the second day. So then for that matter, How could you tell me that he says the Sukhamayim goes to the eighth day? The Rem is of Mem Yud Mem, the final Mem is on which day? On the seventh day. So for the same reason that he doesn't include day one to the Sukhamayim, you can't tell me he's going to include day eight. The reason why it does two to seven is because that's where the Remez is. The Remez starts on day two and ends on day seven. So therefore you can't tell me that he holds it went from two to eight. So back to the question again. Who's the author of this Mishnah? Ela Rabbi Yoshua. Well, that says Hadush. I can tell you it's Rabbi Yoshua. 
What do you mean? If Yeshua said that you don't, you start saying Mashiach on the Geshem on the eighth day, on the Shemini Atzeret. How can you tell me that the Sukhamayim is going to be all seven? Kabbalah says, V'nisuch ha-mayim kol shiv'ah el-chetagim Two separate subjects. We have a halakhan Moshe Misinai that tells me Nisuch ha-mayim was done all seven days. Which means, Mashiv of Sukkot. Which means, Mashiv ha-ruah of the Geshem. That's the deen of... Of Rabbi Yeshua, from when you put down the lulav uh, on the eighth day, as we as we learned. Oh, what about Nisuch Hamayim? Separate subject. Don't link Mashiva Rosh Hashem to Nisuch Hamayim item. Nisuch Hamayim is Halachah Moshe Sinai that says you got to do it all seven. And that's uh, can be going like even Rabbi Yeshua. The Amar of Ami Amar Yehuda Meshu Rabbi Nuhanya Ish Bichat Bet Hortan. Rabbi said, Eser Netiot Araba Vinisuch Hamayim Halachah Moshe Mishnai. He had a grouping of three Halachah Moshe Mishnai. What are they? Number one, Eser Netiot. Remember, we learned that uh, normally uh, Halakha says Shemitah starts on saying Tishri. But before Tishri, already the Halakha says if a person has a field with trees, already he has to stop uh, working from Erev Shivirit. However, uh, when it comes to Esed Niti'ot, those are ten sapling trees, small trees that are planted in a Betse'ah, in an uh, area of a Betse'ah. So the law is, you're allowed to plant, you're allowed to work that field until the Shemitah actually starts. You don't have to start uh, a month before. You're allowed to go until uh, uh, the, 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 the Shemitah itself. Why? Because these uh, saplings over here that are planted in a confined area, if you're not going to work the uh, field, the saplings are going to die. It's going to be... I have said, and therefore, the Tarakam Shemishinai says, regular trees that are solid trees, when you have to stop, start, Tosefet Shemit, you have to start from before. However, when it comes to Esen and Tiyot, since they're small, young trees in a small, confined area, and therefore, if you're not going to plow them and work them, they're going to die. So, therefore, it's permissible to work them up until Shemitah. Look at the Rashi, Esen and Tiyot, Afuz Zarot, Betuch Betzea, Horshin Kol Betzea, Erev Shemit, Ad Rosh Hashanah. Even the other fields, you have a 30-day period where you cannot plant. If you're not going to plow around them, they are going to die. You're going to lose them. That's the first What's the second What's the Arava? So Tosfot tells us what Arava is. Arava, that's what we learned in Masik and Sukkah, that they used to go around the Mizbeah, those long Arabot. That was a special uh, mitzvah that was done in the Beit HaMikdash. The mitzvah of Arava, circling the Mizbeah with Arabot. Furthermore, was the third one, the Sukhamayim. That what? That it's done, not only the Sukhamayim that it's done, but it's also done all seven days. Now let's read Rashi. Let's read the Rashi, Ela Rabbi Yushuai. Now the basic topic of Rashi over here is when the Gemara says that that Mishnah is the Yoshua, does it mean exclusively the Yoshua, or can it be some of the other rabbis as well? So Rashi begins. Ela Rabbi Yoshua de Amar Mishat Anahato. Remember we learned the Yoshua the bright that says when do you start Mishivu Rabbi Geshem? From the day you start putting down the Lulav. Correct? I'm just reading the Agatha Bach. Who? Okay. Da'ainu b'shivi'i. Now again, let's keep in mind, we're going to see that she contradicted himself here a few times. Because yesterday we learned 
Bashivi'i, but the Maram, the Rajburg told us that when a C says it's the Shivi'i, it really means Shemini. Because you really put down the Dulav on the 7th, you don't start until the 8th. Here again, Nara, she goes back and tells me, Bashivi'i. Well, we're not learning Shivi'i, we're learning really it's on the. Eighth. Okay, so we have to always amend that in our understanding of Rashi. That, that, that's what the Rajburg uh, told us. Meaning, that's when you put down the Lulav. That's what Rashi is telling you. The Lulav is put down on the Shivi'i, but you don't stop the Shivi'i until the, until the following, uh, until the following day. Okay. Maskir, Ba'afar Pichin, even though he says that Nisukhamai, I'm sorry, the Shivi'i is only on the last day, but Shivi'i uh, said it. Ba'afar Pichin, Savar, Tinisukhamayim Kol Shiva'ah. He stuck it on the Nisukhamayim, all seven. Why? The Gamra Gamila Lacha Moshe Sinai. He has a tradition from Sinai to Nisukhamayim Kol Shiva. Okay, so that's the way he's learning. Then as she goes on, Vadai Kirabili Aizer Ate Shapir. Goes without saying that this Mishnah that said Nisukhamayim Kol Shiva, Vadai Kirabili Aizer. Because when did the Aizer start saying you say Mashiva Ruham Ate Geshem? They won. So they won, so that's when you start the Nisukhamayim as well. So according to him, we had never a, a doubt that the Mishnah could be going like him. But according to those two rabbis, if you would have it says clearly Nisukhamayim starts on day two, or according to the Akiva, it says Nisukhamayim clearly begins on day six, because that's where we have the Remes, right? We have the Unsacheha according to the Biakiva, right? That's the day it says two pourings. Mm-hmm. Also, why didn't the Mishnah, how come the Gemara didn't just say it's not going to be the Ezer? I mean, if it's obviously not going to be the Ezer, so just say, uh, Mishnah is not going to be the Ezer. That wasn't the Shayla. I'm not trying to say a big Hadush. Even it could be going like Rabbi Yoshua. Even though Rabbi Yoshua says the Sukhamah was on the Mashiach was on the eighth day, still he can say that the Sukhamah was done all seven. So she's really telling us the Gemara did not want to tell us the obvious. The obvious is it's Rabbi Yaisen. The Gemara wanted to go a little further and say, could it be going like even somebody else? In this case, Rabbi Yoshua. Abal, could it be Udabi Betra, could it be Akiva? No mitukma. But it cannot be like those two rabbis. Why? Mm-hmm. He learns the Sukhamayim name and starts on day two. Must be only six days, starting from day two to day seven. Right? We're not going to say that he went from two to eight. That was Gemara's uh, question. Just like he doesn't go from one, he's not going to go to eight. Mishumhachi, Mishumhani Pircha. The panic there, like the Gemara asked, Lo atik Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Akiva, Yadif Unsachia. Now, what day was Unsachia written? Unsachia is a plural language. That was said on Shneimar Bashishi. Ahmad the Sabad Risukhamayim Lo Aveila Treyome. It's only two days, meaning day six and seven. Avad Rabbi Yehoshua Mitukma. Rabbi Yehoshua, I can say he says on Shemini Atzeret, but he has the Alakar Moshe Mishinai. The Fichach and Maskelin Ela Biyomtov Acharon. The Geshamim Behag Siman Kelala. Now I have to say the reason of the Yehoshua why you don't mention on the holiday Mashivaruwa is because Siman Kelala factor, like we learned in the Mishnah. Avani Sukhamayim Avikoshva the Gemara Gemirla. Like we said, he has a tradition. So that's really Shitat Rashi. So if somebody would ask, who is that Mishnah in Sukkah that says Yisukhamayim Koshva? Who's it going like? Shitat Rashi can be going like two opinions. Either be the Ayezid Vadai. Or even Rabbi Yoshua. Who can it not be going like a coin to Rashi? Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Akiba. Okay, comes the Gemara and continues.
Just let's look at this quickly. It's still support of Esen Netiot. Just to get one halakha. Esen Netiot. Perush Rashi. Zayin. Right. Esen Netiot Mefuzarot Bebetzea. You have ten saplings, small trees, that are scattered in a Betzea. Choresh kol Betzea Bisviran. You can plow the entire Betzea, which means not only under the trees. You can even go around the whole area. Why? Because all the niti'ot are drawing nutrient from the entire field. So therefore the whole field becomes now uh, plowable. They only need up to a betzea's worth. Because this is considered It's maintaining the tree. By planting, by plowing the entire betzea, it's ukme ilana. It's going to sustain the tree, keeping it alive. Aval yotem betzea in chodesh. But if it's more than a betzea in chodesh, ela kedet surkan, then you can only plow what they need. You can't just go plow the whole uh, area where the ten saplings, obviously. Do ilum pusarot miyotem betzea since they're scattered in more than a betzea. Shapir. That already they uh, they can be uh, they can maintain themselves uh, fine. So really, it's that it's that it's that uh, ratio. Ten uh, saplings in a betzei, you can do the whole thing. More in a, more than a betzei, you cannot go just plant or plow everything. You can only plow in, in the area that's going to maintain them. I just cannot plant more. and less than that area. Lema kaime. Which means they're not going to sustain themselves because it's too 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 small of an area to have these ten saplings. And really, they're destined just to be pulled out. So we would not be allowed to uh, plug because they're not going to exist in such a uh, such a situation. It's only saplings. That's what Allah comes to says. Eser nitiot aval ilanot asud oraita kol elul. Regular trees from the Torah, it's a suit already a month before. Umidra Banan, already the rabbis will say it. Pesach be'aseret. They made Gezerot from Pesach or Shavuot. Tikum b'stehalavan ad Pesach mutar from a Pesach or another asur v'zdei ilan ad aseret. Mutar become a asur. When it comes to wheat, the wheat fields are asur from Pesach, Umidra Banan, and the trees are asur to plow from already Shavuot. Right? So that's uh, the, some of the dinim regarding Eser. Okay, comes the Gemara continues. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Mishum Rabbi Yehoshua Oved Ifnei Ativa B'Yom Tov Acharon Shul Chag Acharon Maskir Arishon Eno Maskir B'Yom Tov Arishon Shul Pesach Arishon Maskir Acharon Eno Maskir. Let's get the opinion of the Brayt again. Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rabbi Yehoshua. That right? This is a statement of the Mishnah that actually Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rabbi Yehoshua that what on the last day of Shemini Atzeret. That's the last day of the holiday. Ha'acharon maskir. The Musaf starts to mention Meshivarom in the Geshem. Harishon eno maskir. Sha'alit no. So the changeover is in Shemini Aseret. Thank you. Shemini Aseret. Musaf. And the change back is Pesach, day one, Musaf. This is the uh, quote over here that we just learned in our bright over here that uh, the B. Yehuda. Quoted Rabbi uh, Yoshua. So the Gemara says, Hey Rabbi Yoshua. Which Rabbi Yoshua is this over here? Which Rabbi Yoshua is this over here? Which is, again, you have to keep keep in mind, we had Rabbi Yoshua of the Mishnah. What did Rabbi Yoshua of the Mishnah say? 
He said, Yom Tov Aharon. Now, Yom Tov Aharon, what does that mean, Yom Tov Aharon? The last day. I mean, even Shahrit. Right? He didn't say Musaf in the, in the Mishnah. Yom Tov Aharon is the last day. Well, it could even be Shahrit. There's no reason why not to sing Shahrit. Or could it be the night? Now, in the Braita, clearly it says, Rabbi Yoshua uh, says, Mishat Hanahato. From the time that you put down the Lulav. Now, that already could be night. Okay, when you put down the love, I mean, I put the, I put the love down in the seventh. I mean, that night, Stavish would already get you. So, already the Bioshov, we got, got a couple of opinions here. I got a Bioshov of the Mishnah, that's Mashma, eighth day. Eighth day, Shacharit. Because it's Miyom Tov Haharon. Uh, I have Bright over that's Mashma, the night. And then I got a Bioshov in the name of the Bioshua. That's Mashma, it's on the eighth, that Mashma says clearly. That says it's on the eighth day, Musaf. So that's the Gemara has got to reconcile over here. Who's all these opinions? So the Gemara says, Hey Rabbi Yoshua. Which Rabbi Yoshua is this? <laughs> Again, about that. This quote is a quote from the Brighter that we had on Da'amud Bet. Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rabbi Yoshua. To that uh, end, the Gemara says, Hey Rabbi Yoshua. If you're going to say Rabbi Yoshua of the Mishnah, Ha'amar miyom tov aharon shilchag hu maskir. He says you do it from the yom tov aharon, which is mashma even shalit. Ela de biyoshua de b'raita. Ela de biyoshua de b'raita. Ha'amar mishat hanachato. Well, you told me it's from the time that you put down the lulav. Now again, Rashi says over here to confuse things. Da'ainu b'shivii. You have to learn Rashi over when he means da'ainu b'shivii that you put down the lulav. Ve'akik etani yom tov aharon shilchag da'ainu b'shmini. It's not much like that from the end of Rashi. It's much like that he's making the question that the Yoshua is seven in the Braita, and the Yoshua is eight. So therefore, again, we have to learn that like the Ranchberg will make the Hiluk, that according to the Yoshua of the Braita, it means the night. And here it's clearly saying it's in Musaf of the eighth. So basically we're uh, at a question, the Yehuda said in the name of the Yoshua. Which Rabbi Yoshua are you? Are you Rabbi Yoshua of the Mishnah? Can't be. Because that says you do it in Shahrit. Is the Rabbi Yoshua of the Braita? That's Mashma, it's in Arbit. So which Rabbi Yoshua are you? The two, we have another question. Ha Detanya. Unrelated question, but it's going to become related very, very, very soon. Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Ben Betera. The rabbi's name, Ben Betera. Same law. The changeover is on the last station when you said it in Musaf. That's when you start saying, Hey, Ben Betera. Who's this Ben Betera rabbi? If you tell me it's a Biyuda Ben Betera, can't be. Then we learn in the bright that Biyuda Ben Betera says you start saying on the second day. Second day Shalit based on the, the Sukhamayim situation. Here it's saying, Rabbi Yudah said the name of Ben Betera, that it's on the last day. So who's this Ben Betera? It can't be Rabbi Yudah Ben Betera of the Braita, because it's, it's a different Shita. So it was Amar of Nahuam Bar Yitzhak. Nahuam Bar Yitzhak comes to solve the question. Tarvayu Ben Betera. We created a new rabbi. It's Rabbi Yoshua Ben Betera. New rabbi. And therefore, I could say both statements of Rabbi Yehuda are written by the same rabbi. One time Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rabbi Yoshua. Who's Rabbi Yoshua? Rabbi Yoshua ben Betera. And one time Rabbi Yehuda said the name of Ben Betera. Sometimes he calls him Rabbi Yoshua. Sometimes he calls him Ben Betera. 
Now why would he refer to him one time as a Yeshua and one time as Ben Betera? Zimnin dekari de bishme. Sometimes he calls him by his name, Rabbi Yeshua. Vezimnin dekari de bishme de Abba. And sometimes he calls him by his father's name, and it's not a betera. Now why would he do that? Be'ah mekamed de lismichu. Be'ah lebatel lismichu. Depend before he got simicha, because they didn't always give simicha out in Babin. So before he got simicha, they didn't refer to them as their name. They called Ben Betera. But after he got simicha, he got ordination, then already he called them Rabbi Yeshua. So therefore, comes out. That Rabbi Yehuda that quotes Rabbi Yeshua and his bright that's got nothing to do with Rabbi Yeshua of the Mishnah and Rabbi Yeshua of the Brayta. Different different Rabbi Yeshua. This is Rabbi Yeshua ben Betera, different uh, Rabbi. Therefore, we don't have to reckon his shita with any of the shitot that we said in the Mishnah and the Brayta. Now, the only problem is you do have a stira between Rabbi Yeshua himself, because Rabbi Yeshua of the Mishnah said eighth day. Right, during the last day. And Rabbi Yeshua of the Braita said, But that you can solve. That you can say, really, it's saying the, the same time. If you see, I can say, is uh, either the night, and I can say, that's what he meant in the Mishnah as well, meaning you don't do it till the last day. I guess the last day means uh, the night. As I didn't say when, uh, when you do it. He said, Yom Tov Aharon. Yom Tov Aharon is Shuvah Tzeret. Therefore, there's a way to reckon the Yeshua of the Mishnah to the Yeshua of the Braita. That I don't have a problem with. But we had a problem with the Yehuda in the name of Rabbi Yeshua. That's what you do to Musaf. Well, who's that? So he goes, no, no, that's a different rabbi. That's Rabbi Yeshua ben Betera. And therefore, uh, we have uh, uh, the uh, opinions uh, clarified. Comes the Gemara and says, What's his? Why he does it on the Musaf? Where did he learn? Uh, what did he base it on the Mashiva Ruach? He said to Rebbe Well, he's going to obviously hold the Inyan of Siman Kilala, that he's not going to want it. Nisuch, it could be seven days. No, it doesn't affect Nisuch. We'll say it's on the seven days you have Nisuch, Kalachalam Shem Sinai. He says Mashiva was on the eighth day. Because we don't want to mention anything with rains on Sukkot, because it's a Siman Kelala. And why do we do it in Musaf? Like we don't do the Tosafot yesterday from Yerushalmi. Because we didn't want to do it in Arbit, because now people don't show up for Arbit. We don't want to do it in Sha'arit, because people are going to think that we really did it in Arbit. Next year they're going to start doing it in Arbit. So therefore we do it in Musaf. That, that's the Shitav Rabbi Yoshua. Comes the Gemara and continues. Tana. Betal uberuchot. Point. When it comes to mentioning about the dew, we call that muridatal, uberuhot, or referring to winds, like we would say, mashiva uh, ruach. Uh, when it comes to these mentionings, you really don't have to mention them at all. They're not, not mandatory items in the Amidah. That she says, She's even in the winter when you use that to his winds and stuff like that. These items are not mandatory. Lefi, the Gemara says, sorry, if you want to mention them, it's, you can mention them, meaning it's uh, voluntary. Because they don't stop. That she says, because if they would stop, if there would be a day where you didn't have dew, or a day that you didn't have winds, the world cannot exist. 
the fact that we added ruach into the prayer, you told me not to do it, so why do we add it? Not because you're obligated. It's because that's the way of the rains. Because what happens? It rains, and then the wind is very beneficial after a rain, because what does the wind do? It dries up the land. So therefore, since it's connected to rain's wind, so we mention it with the uh, with the rains. Technically, if you wanted to mention the all year round, you could do it. But we put it with the rains, as she says, because it's connected with the rains in the sense that after it rains, dries up the uh, uh, the land. And fine, zika de batar mitra mitra. And the Gemara is going to say that it's beneficial to have winds after rain. A wind after the rain, the Gemara is going to say, is valuable like a rain in itself. But therefore, we say mashivur over the geshem. Another simple interpretation is because the winds blow the clouds. The clouds are over the oceans, right? That's where the, the rain clouds form. Without the wind, it would just keep on raining over the ocean. So you need the wind to come blow the clouds from over the ocean, bring it to the earth. So Meshiva Ruach, Muridageshem. So therefore, we mention it. But again, not obligated to mention it. It was the Gemara saying, whether you mention it or not, they don't stop. It's not an item that you have to pray for, in the sense, because the world cannot exist without winds. So it's got to happen. Meshiva let's say rain, Rain, sometimes it stops, sometimes it doesn't happen. Therefore, it's telling you on the tefillot of the people. So again, tal doesn't stop. Every day it is do. And wind, every day it is wind. So comes the and says, how do you know this? Betal minalan. How do you know that do the that it doesn't stop? So the Gemara goes now to a story with Eliyahu Hanavi and the king Achav. Eliyahu Hanavi, who was from the settlers of the place of Gilad, Tosafot just speaks out why did they refer to Eliyahu Hanavi as a settler of Gilad? Look at Tosafot for a second. Story in the Navi of a Pilegish Begivah, the concubine in Givah, where the Jewish army went in and they uh, destroyed really much of the city of Gilad, which was in the Helik of Binyamin, where this uh, uh, tragedy happened. And not too many people were left over in Yushavim Ba'ir, that were from the original settlers. Right, they were all part of that uh, rabble that was destroyed. Which means uh, saying the Nevi was from the original settlers of Gilad. Now, this Eliyahu Nevi, what does he say? Eliyahu Nevi tells Elachav back to the Gemara, Hayashim, he swears. Eloi the God of Israel, the rains and the dew are going to stop and they're only, to, they're only going to come back according to my word. So you see, Eliyahu Navi received at that moment the ability to stop the rain. So based on what we learned yesterday, in the Tosafot, that while the keys are not given over, it means they're not given over permanently. But they can be given over temporarily. So Eliyahu Navi was given the key to stop the rains. 
So he says, he made a swear that the rains are only going to come down according to my word. But he also said the rain and the, the rain and the dew, implying that while he stopped, the dew as well. However, Uchtiv, when he brought it back, what does the Pasuk say? Go show Ahav, matar al adama. And the Avi says, Go show Ahav, I'm bringing back the rains. The ilutal lok but he didn't tell him that go tell him that I'm bringing back the dew as well. Why? Because it never stopped in the first place. And therefore, you see what? Dews never stopped. So I'm going to ask the obvious question then. If you're telling me the dew never stops, what was he making a swear for then? He swore. I'm taking away the rains and the dew. But when he, when he brought it back, he only brought back the rains. How can he break the dew? Because the dew never stops anyway. So what did he swear to take it away for then? Mm-hmm. He told them, I'm taking away, there's different types of dew. There's regular tal, and then there's tal of beracha. The tal of beracha, that's the tal that's able to uh, bring vegetation and cause things to grow. So Eliyahu in his promise, he said, what's going to happen is, you're going to be uh, taken away, f- they're going to take away from you the rains, and we're going to take away from you tal devracha. So the Gemara says, tal devracha. So go back to the question. So not Eliyahu when he's going to bring back the stuff, he should tell Ahab, we're going to bring back the rains that we took, and we're going to bring back tal. Why did he leave out tal? Gemara says, Mishum delo minkiram milta. Because it's not noticeable. Which means like this. There was dew every day. Right? So now when he says, I'm bringing back the dew. I have to come along if he wants to be a uh, cynic. And they come along and say, well, it never went in the first place. Hey, the dew is uh, here. What do you mean you, you took it away? Hey, the dew is uh, here. And therefore, Eliyad didn't want to make himself uh, vulnerable to the criticism of Ahab. So therefore, when he came, brought it back, he comes out bringing back the rains. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Look at Rashi. Third line. By the way, it was doing every day. He's not going to admit that the tal of Beracha came back. If he would have said tal matar, he would have told him, listen, it wasn't taken away in the first place. When Eliyahu made the swear what's going to happen, he's telling him what's happening. This is fact. This is going to happen. You, know, you agree with it, you don't agree. This is the fact that's going to happen. Now, stop, take away, tell the bracha. Okay, go, go. But now when he comes, I'm bringing it back. Now already he's opening himself up. Now he's coming, you're bringing it back. What are you bringing it back? It was here for the, the, the whole time. Like, go, 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 explain the hap. No, it's tal the bracha. There's regular tal. I don't want, he's going to ready. This is a, a petach, an opening for hap now to, to become a, a, a cynic and, 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 and question the Avi. So therefore, uh, 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 he had to leave out tal. But what do you see from over here? The tal came every day. Granted, it could be tal the bracha is sometimes comes, some, but there is a do that comes every day. Once we say there's a type of do that comes every day, so the Hakamim did not mandate that you have to mention what is a tal. 
Because regardless, there's always going to be a, a do. Even though there's a type of do, that's the point. That even though there's a type of do that can be stopped, tal de bracha can be stopped. It doesn't matter. Since in the tal uh, picture, there's do every day some sort of tal. That's why when we have the custom, we say what is the tal? We answer back the bracha. Because now we know, even though you have do, but we want it to be the bracha. That's right. Very good. Just say over the reef. One of the Mefarshim in the Ein Yaakov explains that originally in the Awan Navi was not concerned about the claims against Ahav when he said Tal is going to be taken away, because it was obvious that Tal was taken away at least originally because nothing was growing. So Ahav couldn't uh, he couldn't needle Eliyahu Navi. So oh, you didn't take away the uh, Tal. Uh, of course, look, there's nothing growing. So the Ahab couldn't say anything. But once already he's going to bring it back, he's not going to mention Tal. Why? Because now that it's going to start to rain, now the vegetation will start to grow. And the, then the Ahab has a chance to come along and say, Ah, so the dew was always here. It was the rain that was the item that was holding back the vegetation. Therefore you lied. You said you're taking away the Tal. And there was Tal every day. So you never took away the Tal to Beracha. So therefore on the way back, the Ahabi left it out, not to be vulnerable for the criticisms of... Ahab. Now it should be noted that the Ritba, very important Ritba over here, the Ritba asked the question that we mentioned. We'll just say it again. That really comes out Tal de Bracha stops. So if Tal de Bracha stops, how come the Hakamim did not say that you should mention Tal? Because now we need a certain Tal that can be taken away. So Ritba says, Since it's not visible, it's not noticeable. When it does in the morning, you can't tell. Is this tal the bracha? Is this tal the regular? So he says, "Af lo shinuyan el ayin." Certainly not visible. Ela shebetal tzu bracha yesh rak bracha miuchad. It's like something spiritual in the tal the bracha. Veira givurani kedet, but you don't see the greatness of the of the of the givurah because baruchu. Lekach ena skizupet filah be bracha. I guess something that's not evident and not recognizable. So therefore, the Ritva says, even though it might be necessary, there is no mentioning. Of it, as opposed to rains, rains are already able to uh, to see the clear givura when the rains come down. Like we said, they hit the places on the earth, they cause the vegetation to grow. Comes Gibran says, We said winds do not stop. World cannot exist without daily winds. Amar pasuk. This pasuk is in Zechariah. Like the four corners of the earth, perasti etchem. I scattered you, new mashim. Like the four corners of the earth, I scattered you. The Gemara says, "My kamalu." What is the Navi saying here? Maybe this is what Hashem is telling Bnei Israel. I have scattered you, I have scattered the Jewish nation in the four corners of the world. Four directions. Can't be. Why? It should say, in the four corners. But it doesn't say in the four corners. It says, like the four corners. So therefore, it cannot mean that we were scattered in the four corners. Just like the world cannot exist without winds, so too, the world cannot exist without Israel. You are like the winds. Which means, just like the winds 
cannot uh, stop, because the world cannot exist without them, so too the world cannot exist without, you say, because it is four types of winds. And therefore it's coming to say that what? That just like uh, the winds have to exist constantly, so to Am Yisrael, if they weren't in existence, Am Yisrael, the world would be destroyed. Like the Pasuk says, in That's referring to Am Yisrael, the fact that they're around learning Torah. The Am Yisrael would not exist for a moment studying Torah, the world would cease to exist. So there's a connection between the Jewish nation and the winds. You are like the Arba Ruchot. Okay, Kanzi Gabran continues. Amar of Harina. Hilkah, therefore, Bimota Hama, in the summer, Amar Mashivaruah, Emahazirinoto. Because since the winds are an all year round situation, doesn't matter if a fellow mentioned winds even in the summer. Okay? Now she says, what is the summer? From Nisan until Sukkot. Mashiva Ruach Rashis is in Mahazrinoto, Debelavahi Lomi Azar. Because it doesn't stop anyway. So you're not saying anything that's uh, anything that's wrong. Amar Murida Geshem. Oh, but if in the summertime he said Murida Geshem, Mahazrinoto. You make him go back. Why? Because that's not the rainy season. And on the contrary, uh, we don't want rain during uh, that season. Like it says, after already Nisan time, it's a kedala to have rain. So therefore, it's one thing to say something that's superfluous, but to say something that's negative, that's already a problem. So the Gemara says, if you said, Murita Geshem, from Nisan until Sukkot, already Amida is invalid, because you're saying a negative, you're saying a kedala. Bimote Geshamim, now in the winter, the rainy season, Lo Amar Mashiva Ruach, because again, wind, even though let's say it's more windy in the rainy season, doesn't matter about Because wind never stops anyway. So even if you didn't mention it in the winter, there is no, uh, no problem. However, But if you forgot in the winter, then already you have to repeat because that's already a time where we need the Geshem, we need the rains. Okay? Now, by not saying it, you're skipping the praises of a Kadosh Baruch Hu at a time that uh, it's needed. Now there's a great mahlokit between the Sefaradim and the Ashkenazim, between Maran really and the Ramah, that when it comes in the winter, and you forgot to say uh, Murid uh, Ageshem. If you said Murid Hatal instead, then already since you did praise a Kadosh Baruch Hu, on something, so according to Maran, you're okay. You don't have to repeat the Amidah. Whereas according to the Ramah, he says no. That, uh, well the Ramah, the <coughs> custom of the Ashkenazim, they don't have a Muridatal. They only say Muridatal in the, and they don't say Muridatal in the uh, summer. They don't have anything in the summer. So therefore, for them, by not saying Mashiva Rumi the Geshem, they're really not saying anything. And by not saying anything, you have to repeat the Amidah. So really for Sefaradi, in the winter, you'll never have a case, really. You can have a case, but it's very rare that you'll have a case that you have to repeat. Because if you didn't say Mashivar Omid Geshem, you probably said the other insertion, which is Muridatal. Once you said Muridatal, you're covered. Whereas the Ashkenazim, if they don't say Mashivar Omid Geshem, they don't say anything. And therefore, by not saying anything, it's worse. They didn't praise God at all for anything, and therefore, they would have to repeat Amidah. That's an important makhluk to remember.
ולא עוד אלא, not only this, אלא אפילו אמר, even if a fellow said, מעביר הרוח, he said the opposite, God takes away the winds, ומפריח הטל, God scatters the dew, and מחזירין אותו, you do not uh, return, why? Because it doesn't matter what you're going to say. Your words are meaningless. Because the world needs the do and the world needs the winds. So therefore, not praiseworthy what he did, but therefore it's not, it's not like his words are going to really mean anything because regardless, the world cannot exist without these items. Tana. We go further. Regarding now clouds and winds, the rabbis did not mandate to you to mention any praise regarding those items. The imba, that she says, ba'avim, you would say, mikasher avim, you, uh, you fill the sky with clouds. The imba laskir, maskir. If you want to mention something about the clouds in the Amidah, mikasher avim, no problem. Now why don't you have to mention it? Maitama, mishum de lo Again, because also there's always clouds, and there's always wind. Is that so? They don't stop. It says in the pasuk in Kiryat Shema, "Ve'asar et Hashemayim." Period. What does that mean? Ve'asar Hashemayim. God is going to close the skies. From what? So the Gemara says, "Menaravim u'menaruchot." It means that He's going to close the skies from producing clouds and winds. So you see what? That the clouds and the winds actually can't stop. You're learning this pasuk means on clouds and winds. means means from rain. Can't be. Already rain is explicitly mentioned already in the pasuk because the end of the pasuk says So therefore, I know already rains. So what is must be? The Gemara says, "Kasha aruchot aruchot, kasha abim abim." Now we have a contradiction between the winds, because one statement says the winds never stop, but here it says the winds stop. One pasuk says, one Gemara says that the clouds never stop, but this pasuk says even from clouds. So make up your mind. That the Gemara says, "Abim abim nakasha." No question, there's different type of clouds. Ha beharfe. That's the early clouds. That's the later clouds, which means the early clouds that come before the rain. Those type of clouds, they never stop. However, the afle, those are the late clouds that come after the rain, in which there is a benefit to have those clouds. Those clouds, they can go away. And then when the pastor says, God is going to stop the beneficial clouds that come after. But again, since there's a form of clouds that always is there, Hakamim did not mandate us to mention it. Ruchot aruchot la kasha. Now what about winds? No question. Ha beruach mesuya, ha beruach she'ena mesuya. Depends. Common winds, normal winds, every day doesn't stop. However, ruach she'ena mesuya. That's a we call it a a gust or a strong wind that already can stop. So when it says ve'asar et shamaim, God is going to take the strong, uncommon winds and stop them. Now this implies that these strong winds are beneficial. Now, what in the world does a person want with a strong wind? So the Gemara says, "Ruach she'ena misuya hazya 
Lebedare. So what do you mean? Ruach Shehenu Mesuyawi. We need these winds. You need it for Bedare. That's for the uh, winnowing. Which means when a person is in the granary, right? So he has his uh, wheat. He threshes the wheat. Now you have the wheat and the chaff all mixed up. So what does he do? He throws the wheat up into the wind. Strong wind comes. Blows away the chaff. And the heavy uh, wheat falls down. So then the Gibra is saying, what are you talking about? We should really uh, mention uh, the winds. Because you need these winds. These winds are very beneficial. When you tell me, Abu'l-Alam takes away Ruach She'ena Mesuyah. Hey, we need these winds. So therefore they should have made a takana that you have to say Mashiva Ruach. Because these winds are really very beneficial. Why did the rabbi say we have to mention it? So the Gibra says, you know why? Esha Benavvata. You don't need them really. Because you can use a sieve or a sifter. See, there are other ways, there are other methods of winnowing your, uh, your, your stuff, your, your wheat. So therefore, since you can do it with Nafata, they did not mandate you to mention anything about wins. Even though, yes, Ruach She'ena Mitzuyah is beneficial, but since you can get away with doing it, doing without it, therefore they did not mandate you to mention it. Okay, that's the, and that's what it means in Kirat Shema. God's going to stop the sky from bringing the uncommon winds that would benefit you for the bedareh. Tana. Ha'abim v'aruchot shiniyot l'matar. Now regarding clouds and wind, they are secondary to rain. Rashim explains this to mean they're almost as beneficial to the earth as much as the rain. As they're not like rain. Rain is number one. But second to rain is clouds and uh, wind. Very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the case? Amar Uda, Vetima Rabbi Uda, Debatar Mitra. The winds and the clouds that come after a rain, they are beneficial. They are secondary to the rain, which is they are valuable. Okay? The Memra, the Maliutahi. You tell me that winds that come after rain are beneficial? Now we would assume the reason why it's beneficial is the wind comes along and dries up uh, the rain, so therefore it doesn't flood the ground. There's no areas that have puddles of water that's going to cause the ground to flood. Or the wind scatters some of that water around other areas that might not have gotten enough. So we understand why the wind is beneficial after the rain. But we have another pasuk. The pasuk says, Yiten Hashem et metar arsecha abak ve'afar That God is going to Make the rains of your earth become abag ve'afar, dust and earth. Which means not going to be beneficial. How does that manifest? Ve'amar ula, ve'etima zika debatar mitra. This is referring to the winds after the rain. Implying that what? After it rains, now the earth is all muddy, then you have a wind, what happens? The wind picks up all the mud, and now that mud gets all stuck to all the produce. And therefore, it's going to destroy the ground. So make up your mind. You just told me that the benefit is what? Wind after rain is beautiful. It's like secondary to rain. Now you tell me, it's a curse. That when it winds, when it blows the wind after the rain, it destroys the, uh, destroys the crop. So the Gebarah says, Depends what type of winds, what type of... Uh, uh, Yeah, it depends what type of rain. When the rain comes down softly, or when it comes down 
with force. Mm-hmm. Skip the parentheses. And the Gemara explains. Jesus depends. Certain uh, rains uh, comes down softly on the ground, so the winds that follow that rain are not going to cause the earth to be picked up and scatter it around the fields and ruin everything. However, when it's a strong rain, then already the wind that follows has the ability to pick up the abak ve'afar and the earth and uh, scatter it around and therefore be destructive. So it depends. Therefore, really, I'll tell you, there's the wind after the rain, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. What does that depend on? What type of rain it was. If it's a soft rain, that's not hot, right? Uh, or it's strong. Okay, that's good. So look at that sheet. And she says, When the rain comes down softly, it does not cause the dust to be picked up. When it comes down strong, then already uh, the winds are not beneficial after. Comes Gabbara continues. Correct. Gemara says, That's the wind. One second. Correct. Gemara says, The wind that's after the rain, is secondary to the rain, meaning it's beneficial, like we just said. Ibad de batar mitra, clouds that come after the rain, kimitra. It's also good. Clouds after rain is also beneficial. Shimshad de batar mitra, sun after rain, ketre mitre. That's already beneficial like two rains. It's very good if it's sunny after the rain. So everything's good after the rain comes out. If windy, it's good. If it's cloudy, it's good. If it's sunny, it's also good. It's good. It's good. So is like um, the flashes of light seemingly from the moon. It seems if there's some light that flashes from the moon after a rain, that's already not uh, not so beneficial for the uh, for the earth. Or shimshad the the sun that peaks out between the clouds after a uh, rain, now you have bald sp- patches in the sky. You have some clouds all over, and you have a bald patch, and the sun is able to peek through. That's already not better. If it's fully sunny after the rain, that's great. But when you have partly cloudy and partly sunny after the rain, that is not beneficial. As she says, between the clouds, one place you see sunlight, another place you see cloudy. It's like the bald guy. He has hair on part of his head. He's bald on the other side. That's why he calls it the baldness of the sun. And the sky has a patchy, uh, you know, one spot it's cloudy, one spot it's uh, one spot. That is for some reason, obviously, uh, not beneficial for the uh, ground. Comes again, but I continues. Now, Tosfor really learns that it's actually like a, we would call a sun shower, where it's raining in one spot. And it's sunny in another spot. Look at the bottom of Tosfot. 
פירוש כמו דבר קורחס שמכאן ומכאן יורדים גשמים It's raining on both sides והשמש זורח באמצע And it's sunny in the middle I can see sometimes זה השמש לא מעלה That type of sun is not good Last piece of the Gemara אמר הבא מעלה תלגה לטורה Snow is good for the mountains מעלה תלגה תלגה is שלג לטורה for the mountains כחמישה מטרה It's like five rains What, what one rain is to the ground I'm oh, sorry, with one, yeah, with one uh, snow. Right. right. The snow is good for the mountains. It's equivalent to five rains to the ground. Now why is snow beneficial to the mountains? For a few reasons. Number one, rain is not beneficial to the mountains because it slides off. And therefore the snow sticks. Secondly, snow is more beneficial for the mountains than it is to the uh, lower-lying areas because the snow now on the higher mountains is colder. And it was able to remain for a longer time. And not only does it irrigate the mountain, but more importantly it insulates the mountain. And it protects it from the cold, which means the snow becomes like a... Blanket. 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 Like Blanket. the Pasuk The Bore Olam puts the snow like wool, which means that it protects the layer of the ground from frost. And therefore, it's very beneficial. The water can't do that, because the water, like I said, is going to slide right down. But the snow on the mountain is very beneficial, because it sticks, and it's cold on the mountain, so therefore it's able to maintain. Look at Rashi. And she says, by the way, snow is all the more so beneficial to the valley. It's, it doesn't slide off the valley. It stays in the valley. Because either, like I said, the rain slides down, so they need to have the snow. The snow in the valleys melts because of the heat. ששולט שם כמים אבל בערים קרו שלג אבל למעלה זה קולד סנוב בקוסט רימיינס כחמישה מטל הרעה תאכי משהו זה גבלה קוצר פסוק שנאמר כי לשלג כי לשלג יאמר הווה ארס וגשם מטר וגשם מטרות עוזו רגארינג סנוב the Pasuk says, it's compared to Geshem, that's one. Matar, that's two. Geshem, that's three. Mitrot is plural, that's five. And therefore the Pasuk is really saying, that what? That they're going to say, Ki l'sheleg yomar hu eres, ki shiyomar l'sheleg heve eres. Hareu ke Geshem matar, ve Geshem mitrot, veres kamishot. The snow to the mountain is going to be compared to the rain of the Ares. How much so? Five times. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen.